0: All right. Well, we're there in First Timothy chapter two, and if you remember last week, we started a, a new uh, series on Wednesday nights, and we're going to be in the series for a few weeks as we are studying the subject of prayer. And uh, last week's sermon, to be honest with you, was meant to be more of a motivational uh, type sermon to kind of motivate you uh, in this idea of prayer. Not just motivate you, but motivate me. We saw from the book of James there that Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he he, he prayed fervently and effectively and he had power with God and the Bible says that he was a man like the rest of us and God is no respecter of persons and if God will answer his prayers he'll answer our prayers and I I hope you believe that I hope you believe that God wants to answer your prayers but as we continue this kind of this series on on prayer we're just going to be taking uh, just uh, you know one more step every week and kind of developing this idea of prayer and learning about it and uh, we'll get into some very practical things and some of the some of the other things are Uh, just kind of understanding prayer. And tonight, uh, I want to teach a lesson, uh, I guess, uh, on the subject of the types of prayer. I don't know that we really understand, uh, or many of us understand. Many of you, I'm sure, do because you guys are all smart. But some people don't understand the different types of prayer that God uh, allows us to have with Him uh, or make to Him uh, in the Scripture. So I'd like to study that tonight and give you a few different ideas here in regards to prayer. If you look at 1 Timothy chapter number 2, look at verse number 1. The Bible says this, I exhort therefore that first of all, notice these, these are different types of prayers that are mentioned here. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Here Timothy tells us that there are different types of Um, and I don't, prayer is probably not even the right word, and and I'll explain what I mean by that in a second, but there, when we communicate with God, there are different types of communications that we have, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and the giving of thanks, and he says, I exhort therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, he says, we ought to be doing all of these things, I want to explain to you these different types of prayer uh, tonight, number one, For those of you that like to take notes, I know some of you do. uh, Number one, I'd like you to look at the prayer of supplication. The prayer of supplication. Now if you look at verse one there, you'll notice that it says supplications comma prayers. Now here's what you got to understand. The the word supplication means the action of asking or begging for something uh, uh, earnestly or humbly. The word supplication comes from the word supply. It's when you're requesting a supply from God. You are asking Him... For something. Uh, The word prayer simply means to ask. It means asking for something, making a request. Now, in this verse, we are given four different types of communication with God: supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. But as I was studying for this sermon, I was determined to find out what the difference is between supplications and prayers. Because supplication, by its definition, is asking God for a supply, for to supply some sort of a need. A prayer is requesting something or asking something, and um, you know we we believe the King James Bible around here; it's the perfect, inerrant word of God. But just to kind of get an idea, I went to the to the the Greek. Uh, words that were translated here supplication and prayer and I found that these are actually two different Greek words and I just began to look at every time the Bible used the word supplication prayer I looked at the underlying Greek words and here's what I found there are four Greek words in our King James Bible that are translated prayer and supplication and the problem is that the words prayer and supplication are used interchangeably in our King James Bible even within those Greek words so here's what I found supplications and prayers means the same thing it's, it's not there's not a difference um, you say well why did God Say supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. And here's here's um, what I believe God God did that. Um, I, sometimes in scripture. And here's what you got to understand. Uh, go with me to Matthew chapter number seven. Keep your finger there in First Timothy because we're going to come back to First Timothy. But go to Matthew chapter seven. The Bible, the King James Bible, serves as its own dictionary. You should be able to study the Bible, and if you don't know what a word means, you should be able to study that word out through Scripture and be able to find the definition of what that word means. Sometimes in the Bible, God will put, put two words side by side that mean the same thing in order to explain to us or to kind of uh, put a magnifying glass on that and show us that these words are defining themselves. And I believe that's what He's doing here in First Timothy 2.1 one when He says, "I exhort therefore that first of all He could have said supplications, intercessions, and given a thanks be made for all men, but He put this word prayer next to the word supplication to explain to us what the word prayer means because a lot of people don't understand this word prayer when they hear the word prayer they think of some sort of like uh you know mystical type of communication where you know you ever met someone where they talk normal but as soon as you ask them to pray all of a sudden they get this real religious voice you know our heavenly father lord we beseech you to and it's like that's not how you talk Okay, you speak in Ebonics all the other time and then, you know, you talk to God and you want to sound all fancy. But it's because we get this idea that prayer is just like mystical. Oh God, please hear our, you know. And look, I'm all for effectual, fervent prayer, right? But the word prayer simply means to ask. Are you there in Matthew chapter 7? Look at verse number 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 7. Notice what the Bible says. Ask. Do you see that word there? Ask. And it shall be given you. Seek. And ye shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. It's interesting because we're given three words there, ask, seek, knock. And if you, look at, if you want to put that into an acronym, you look at the first letter of each one of those words, A-S-K, and what does it say? Ask. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Verse eight: For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Here is what you gotta understand about the word prayer: it simply means to ask. When you, if you have not asked God for something, if you have not asked Him to supply a need, you have not prayed. And oftentimes in the Bible, as you are reading through just stories in the Old Testament, you'll, people will say, "You know, I pray thee, do this for me," and they're not praying in the sense that we think spiritually they're just asking for something because the word prayer means ask and the word supplication means to ask for supply to ask for a request to be made. So when we're talking about the different types of prayer, the first type of prayer is the prayer of supplication. The first type of prayer is when we go to God and ask him to supply our needs and bring our request unto him and ask him to, to provide those things for us. Look look down at Matthew 7 again. Look at verse 7. Ask. Notice what he says. Ask and it shall be given you. Okay, so when shall it be given you? When you ask. Seek and ye shall find. So when will you find? When you seek. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. When is it going to be opened unto you? When you knock. See, the idea is this, that God is up in heaven, and He has things He wants to give you. He has things He wants to supply you with. He has prayers that He wants to answer. But you got to understand this. God is, will often not answer a prayer unless we ask and seek and knock. You understand that? And we get this Calvinist idea that, well, God is the sovereign God, and God is just, His will will be done. And here's what you to understand. God's will will be done no matter what, if it's his will, if it's something that He wants done, it's going to be done. But you've got to understand this, and I don't have time to develop this tonight, but in the Bible, there seems to be this, this idea of there are some things that God would do if you would ask, but He won't do if you won't ask. Now, there are some things that He's going to do whether you ask or not. There are some things that are going to be done whether we ask for it or not. But there are other things, and usually those are personal things, blessing types things. Powerful things in our lives that God would do if we would ask, but we don't ask, so He won't do. God says, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Verse 8, for everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh find it. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Now, simply asking doesn't mean you're going to get your prayers answered. And as we go on in this series on Wednesday night, we're actually going to be looking at different requirements that God has for answered prayer. There are certain things that God says, when you pray to me, you must meet these requirements, these qualifications, or I will not answer your prayer. And I would uh, encourage you to be with us on Wednesday night as we look at those, because if there are if there are qualifications for answered prayer, I want to know what those qualifications are if I want my prayers answered. But here's what you've got to understand. God is willing and wanting and able to answer your prayer. Look at verse 9. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then being evil Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give... Notice these words. Good things. Do you see that? Good things. Those are supplies. Those are things He wants to supply in your life. Good things to them that what? Ask Him. He says, look, if you know how to supply the needs of your children, don't you think God would know how to supply the needs of His children? If you know how, you know, if your children ask you for bread and you're not going to give them a serpent. If your children ask you for, stu- for bread, you're not going to give them a stone. He's like, if your children ask you for something good, you're not. And he says, look, I'm a better parent than you are. If you would just ask, I would give you good things. But here's why we don't have, because we don't ask. You're there in Matthew chapter 7. Just uh, flip one page over to Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, we, we find the famous Lord's Prayer, the pattern prayer that Jesus gave us. And we'll be looking at. This prayer, this prayer more closely uh, through our series, but let me just show you uh, one verse there. Notice, in that pattern prayer that Christ gave us, he, he said this in verse number 11. As He taught us to pray, in verse 11, He, said, he told us we ought to pray, pray these words, Give us this day our daily bread. And what is that? But asking God to supply our needs. Every day of my life, I ask God, Give us this day our daily bread. You say, what? well, do you, do you not have bread down in your refrigerator? Well, yeah, I, I have bread. But I, I, just, I just ask God, God, would you supply my family's needs? God, would you allow this month for me to be able to make the money that I need to make to be able to pay the mortgage, to be able to pay the car, to be able to uh, do the things that we have to be able to feed my family? Because part of prayer... Is coming to God and asking for something. You say, "Well, don't you have money in the account? Don't you have food in the?" But God wants us to come to Him with our needs. God wants us every day—not uh, well, every day. I mean, I try every day to pray and ask God to supply the needs of this church. You know, we've got rent that needs to be paid, and we got insurances that needs to be paid, we have gas that needs to be paid, and I and I'll ask God and I'll plead with God. And I'll say, "God, would you supply the needs?" Because it is a scriptural thing to go to God with your needs. He's your Father. He wants to supply your needs. He wants to give you good things. Jesus said, go to him and ask for your needs, for your daily bread. Go to James. Now, keep keep your finger. I know you're in 1 Timothy. Uh, Keep your finger there in Matthew, okay? And go back to 1 Timothy. We're not going to stay in 1 Timothy, but go to the book of James. If you're there in 1 Timothy, you'll go past 2 Timothy, past Titus, past Philemon, past Hebrews, into the book of James. James is where we were last week. James chapter number 4. We, uh, I think I alluded to this last week, but let's look at it. James chapter number uh, 4. Here's what you got to understand. God wants to supply your needs. God, Do you believe that God wants to give you those things that you need in your life? He's a good father that wants to do it, but oftentimes... He won't supply those needs. Because if we were honest, if we were honest, and we're not going to be honest, okay? We're not going to take, you know, a survey. But if we were honest and we said, and we said, how, and we raised our hands tonight and said, how much time did I spend in prayer in the last seven days? We would be, we'd probably be embarrassed to admit how much time we spent in prayer. Because the truth of the matter is we don't spend a lot of time in prayer. And God says, I'll, I'll answer your prayer if you'll ask. He said, if you, would, if you would seek, if you would knock, if you would search, if you would ask me, I would do great things for you, but you won't ask. So he says, I won't give it to you. Look at James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4, look at verse 2. James 4.2 says, ye lust. The word lust means to desire. He says, ye lust. He said, you have desires and have not. He says, there are things you want in your life, but you don't have those things. You, you want to better this, and you want to better that, and you know that you need this, and you know that you need that, and you say, man, if I could just get this thing, I know that guy And part of that is covetousness, and we need to just get our hearts right. But some of those things may not be bad things. Some of those things may be things that God may want to give us. But here's what he says. He says, ye lust. He said, you desire and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not. And look what he says. He says, because ye ask not. God says, there are things I would give you if you just ask me. I wonder how many unanswered prayers, have, have how many prayers and how many blessings and how many things God has wanted to give me in my life that I never got because I simply did not take the time to ask. So the lesson we can take from this is that we should not be afraid to ask God. And don't feel you know, like you're sinning, like you're being covetous by coming to God with your request. Hey, come to God and ask Him for your needs. Come to God and say, God, I, I am needy. I need help. I need help in this area, and I need help in that area, and in my work I need help, and with my family I need help, and I've got these problems, and I need you to supply my lead. There's nothing wrong with coming to God every day and saying, God, would you supply my daily need? Would you give us this day our daily bread? And by the way, you should be specific when you ask God for your needs. You ought to tell him exactly what you need. If you're going to ask for your daily bread, you know. Uh, if you want wheat bread? Ask for wheat bread, I guess. I, I don't know, uh, but we ought to be specific. So number one, we have the prayer of supplication. Number two, go back to First Timothy chapter 2. Uh, keep your finger on James. Did I say, that you already, you moved too quickly, Hodge. Huh? If you can, if you remember where James is, because we're going to go to Hebrews in a minute. But uh, go to 1 Timothy, chapter 2. So we have the prayer of supplication. And someone someone said this. I heard somebody say this, and I thought it was pretty good. If if you say, well, I just don't know what to pray about, and I don't know how to spend time in prayer, and I don't know what to do. Somebody said this. You ought to take, get, put, get a notebook or a 3x5 card or something. And grab a timer on your phone and time yourself for one minute. And on that 3x5 card, just write down everything in your life that you need. I mean, don't you need, don't you need things? Don't you have bills that need to be paid? I think we all have rent or mortgage or something. Just say, this month, I need my rent paid. This month, I need my electric bill paid. This month, I need, to, uh, I need groceries. This month, I'm going to need gas for my car. This month, I'm going to need this. I'm gonna need that. Take one minute to write down every need that you can think of that you'll need for the next month. And then spend 15 minutes asking God and pleading God for those needs. You need, you, need, you need a raise? Ask God for a raise. You need a job? Ask God for a job. You need more clients? Ask God for more clients. You need, whatever it is that you need, hey, ask God to, to supply those needs. Because there are some things that God would give us if we would ask, but we don't ask so we don't get them. So it doesn't hurt to ask. Your supplies. So number one, we have the prayer of supplication. Number two, we have the prayer of intercession. We have the prayer of intercession. First Timothy chapter two, look at verse one. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers. We we've seen now that those words are synonymous, they mean the same thing. But then we have this: intercessions. The Bible says that there is a prayer of supplication. But the Bible also teaches that there is a prayer of intercession. Now, keep your finger there in 1 Timothy or wherever you are, James, somewhere there, because we're going to come back to it. But go to Genesis, chapter number 18. Genesis in the Old Testament, first book in in the Bible, Genesis, chapter number 18. And look at verse number 22. Not only is there a prayer of supplication, but there is a prayer of intercession. Genesis, chapter number 18 and verse number twenty-two. What does that word intercession mean? What does it mean to intercede? The word intercession means to intercede. To intercede means to lead, or I'm sorry, to plead or mediate on behalf of one of another person. The word intercede means to to intercede, uh, to plead or mediate on behalf of another person. Genesis chapter eighteen. Look at verse number uh, twenty-two. Genesis chapter number eighteen. And look at verse number 22, the Bible says, And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. We won't take the time to read the context, but if you remember the story, you have God coming down with a couple of angels and they go and meet Abraham on their way to destroy uh, Sodom. And God basically sends the two angels into Sodom to destroy Sodom. And the Lord stays with Abraham. We saw there Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And and Abraham begins to intercede in verse 23. Notice what it says. And Abraham drew near and said. Now notice what Abraham says. Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Here's what Abraham was saying. Abraham was saying, there are some righteous people in Sodom, God. Remember, Abraham's nephew Lot and Lot's family was in Sodom, and Abraham saw, knew about the destruction that was coming on Sodom, and Abraham begins to intercede on behalf. Of Lot, And, of course, you've got that famous dialogue where they go back and forth, and he says, if you find 50 righteous people, if you find 40, if you find 30, if you find 20, if you find 10, if you find 5, and all those things, and, of course, there wasn't even that in Sodom, and, and of course, the angels had to bring them down, but Abraham interceded on behalf of Lot. Abraham went to God and said, will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? You're there in Genesis. Go to Exodus, chapter number 32. Exodus, chapter number 32. Exodus chapter number 32, and look at verse number 30. Exodus chapter number 32. Exodus chapter number 32, and look at verse number 30. Exodus chapter 32 and verse 30. Notice we saw the example of Abraham. Here you have the example of Moses. Exodus 32 and verse 30. Do you remember this story? And it came to pass on the morrow. That Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure, that word peradventure means perhaps. He says, perhaps I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Remember, the children of Israel had made a a god of, of calf there. And while Moses was up on the mount, and Moses comes down off the mount, And he realizes that they're worshiping God and now Moses is going back to God. And, and Moses is mad at the people. He said, "You've sinned uh, a, a great sin." He said, "This is a bad thing that you've done." But notice what Moses does in verse thirty-two. He says, "Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin." And, and it's interesting how the the writer of Scripture here, Moses, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, uh, and the King James Bible, was translated this to to show us the emotion. It says, "If thou wilt... you got to look down at your ver- at the verse Exodus 32, 32. He says, "Yet now, comma, if thou wilt forgive their sin." Dash dash semicolon. you can almost hear the emotion in in Moses' uh, uh, uh speech as he says, If thou wilt forgive their sin, and, and he kind of stops you know himself and he says, and if not, he says, and if not, he says, God, God, he says, forgive their sin. He said, Forgive your people. He says, but if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast read. Do you understand what he just said? He said, Moses said, God forgive these people, and he said, if you're not going to forgive these people, then God just send me to hell with them. He said, take me out of the book. He said, blot me out of the book. Now we know that God says, I'm not going to blot you out. You can't lose your salvation. But here Moses is taking a position between God's wrath and these people, and he is interceding on behalf Of the people. Go to Job. Job uh, chapter number one. If you find the book of Psalms right before, uh, right in the center of the Bible, right before the book of Psalms, you have the book of Job. Job uh, chapter number one. Look at verse uh, number one. Job chapter number one and verse number one. Job chapter number one and verse number one. Right after the book of Esther, if you find the book of uh, Psalms, right before Psalms, you got Job. Job chapter one and verse one, the Bible says this. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. And that man was a perfect and upright and one that feared God and his chewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 5,000 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household so that this man was was the greatest of all the men of the east. Now notice verse 4. And his sons went and Feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called to their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the day of their feastings were gone about. Notice this that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. What was Job doing? Job was interceding on behalf of his children. Job was a father who thought it was important enough for him to get up early and go before God and say, just in case, God, just in case my, my, my children, my, my sons did something stupid, just in case they said something dumb, just in case they did something they shouldn't have done, God, would you please? And he's interceding on behalf of his children. And that's what the Bible teaches us that we ought to be doing. We ought to be interceding. There is, yes, a prayer for supplication, but there's also a prayer of intercession. Let me ask you something. Is there there no one in your life that you love enough to intercede before God? You say, well, Matthew, you don't understand. I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. I don't have time to pray. You don't have time to take and get on your knees for your children, or for your husband, or for your neighbor, or for some loved one, and intercede for them before God, and go before God and say, God, see, you gotta understand. See, we, we, we think, well, it's just about me, and I just gotta get up, and I gotta go to work, and I gotta make money, and I got all these things to do, but you gotta understand this. There is a power that we have in prayer. There is a power that God gives us access to, and hey, it's our job to intercede on behalf of those that we love i mean can't you get up and go before god for your children and say god just in case my kids did something stupid today will you please forgive them like moses would go before god and say i I know those people i know they're bad people i know they're dumb people i know they get on my nerves too god but please won't you forgive them god please just like abraham would go for Lot and say i know the holiday bad i know it's wicked i know it's bad but will you destroy the righteous with the wicked god See, God wants us to get to the place where we not only are asking for supplications, but we are asking in intercession. Is there no one for you to pray for? So I just don't have time to pray. Really? You don't have time to pray for your kids? You don't have. See, you understand. When, When you get to the point where you realize it is my job, it is my job, it is my wife's job to make sure that my children turn out right. I've got some nieces and nephews running around here. And I need to make sure that those kids, I need to make sure that your kids, as the pastor of this church, I want to come alongside you and try to help you raise your kids. Hey, I need to make sure your kids make it out right. And it's our jobs to intercede on behalf. God expects us to do it. And by the way, the first person you ought to be interceding for, go go back to Matthew chapter 6. The first person you ought to be interceding for is yourself. I don't have time to pray. Oh, are you, you, do you not sin? I don't, you don't understand, but I'm so busy. I just don't have time to get on my knees and ask God for anything. Oh, so, so you're just perfect. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 12 in that famous Lord's Prayer, not only did he say to pray for our daily need and ask God for the, the daily bread, but in Matthew six twelve he says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The Bible says that we ought to go to God in prayer. And the first person I need to intercede for every day is myself. And ask, and say, God, I've done things that are dumb. I've said things that are stupid. I've, said, I've thought things that were wrong. God, will you forgive me? And then I go, and then you go down the list and forgive my, those that I love and forgive my children and, 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 and those people that aren't saved yet. Would you, just, would you just withhold your wrath from them? Don't you know somebody that needs salvation? And you don't have time to pray? And you don't have time to say, God, before they go, before they die, our job is to intercede. Intercede for yourself. First John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Intercessory prayer is the most like Christ prayer that we will have. Go to, go to Hebrews chapter number 7. I don't know if you kept your place in 1 Timothy or, he, or James or whatever, but it's all close there. Hebrews chapter number 7. See, it's easy to ask for our needs, Right? Because there are needs. We need those things. Intercessory prayer makes us like Christ. You know why? Because Christ, the Bible teaches, spends his days and nights interceding on our behalf. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, the Bible says this. Hebrews 7 25 says, Wherefore? He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing, notice what it says, He ever liveth to make intercession for them. Do you know that Christ is up in heaven interceding on your behalf? Do you know that Christ is up in heaven pleading to God on your behalf? This ought to humble you. To realize that God is in heaven talking about you to God and saying, that stupid thing he just did, can you forgive him, please? I know he shouldn't have done that. I know she shouldn't have done that. I know they shouldn't have said that. I know, I know they're dumb. I get it. But please, would you forgive them? That's what Christ is doing every day for you and for me. And when we intercede on behalf of others, we are the most like Christ. Go back to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter number 2. Look at Look at verse number... We we've been looking at verse number uh, one, First Timothy chapter two. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and the giving of thanks be made for all men. But look down at verse number five. For there is one God, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And by the way, there's only one. Me- it's not. It's not Mary. It's not a priest. It's not a pope. It's Jesus Christ who mediates on our behalf but we can be like christ and intercede for others now let me let me explain something to you about intercessory prayer go, go to first corinthians chapter five i know we're looking at a lot of passages but i don't know what you expected in bible study first corinthians chapter five we'll be we'll be done in like 10 minutes first corinthians chapter five look at verse five here's intercessory prayer is the most like Christ's prayer but I, I, I don't believe that we really understand what intercessory prayer is. It ought to scare us that Jesus is interceding on our behalf. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, we find the Apostle Paul kind of giving us an intercessory type prayer. Notice what he says, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 5. Of course, the context here is about a young man who's in fornication. who needs to be kicked out of church because he's living in sin. It's a wicked sin. He needs to be purged out. Uh, if you look at verse 7, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump. But, but look at look at verse 5, 1 Corinthians 5, 5. Notice what he says about this young man. He says, To deliver such an one unto Satan, To deliver such an one unto Satan, For the destruction of the flesh, Do you see that? Mm-hmm. For the destruction of the flesh, That the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Could you imagine praying that? Could you imagine praying, God, my son, or God, my daughter, or God, my loved one, is not living right. They're not doing right. Maybe they're not saved, or maybe they are saved, they're just living in sin. And could you imagine praying and saying, God, do what you've got to do. Destroy their flesh, if you must, that their spirit might be saved. See, that's intercessory prayer. It's when you come to God, and you say, it's not just, oh God, please save so and so. No, it's, God, will you do what you got to do? Whatever they've got to lose, whatever they have to, whatever they have to go through to wake them up. I mean, that's what Paul was praying. He said, "God, I'm, I'm delivering this individual up to, unto Satan. God, I'm delivering this individual unto Satan, that their flesh might be destroyed, so that your will would be accomplished in their life." That's a tough prayer. Intercessory prayers sometimes ask God to do what He has to do to have His will. Done. So, number one, we saw the prayer of supplication. Number two, we saw the prayer of intercession. Go back to First Timothy, uh, chapter number two. First Timothy, chapter number two. We saw the prayer of supplication. We saw the prayer of intercession. Number three, we see the prayer of appreciation. The prayer of appreciation. First Timothy, chapter two, look at verse one. I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, don't miss this, and giving of thanks be made for all men. The Bible says we ought to come to God in prayers and supplications. The Bible says we ought to come in intercessions and stand before God and people that we love and care for. But the Bible says we also ought to come in appreciation, in giving of thanks. You're there in 1st Timothy chapter 2. Go, go back to 1st Thessalonians chapter number 1. Um, for, right before 1st Timothy you got 2nd Thessalonians and you got 1st Thessalonians. 1st Thessalonians chapter 1. Look at verse number 2. First Thessalonians chapter number one. You say, I I don't know what to pray. You know what you ought to do? You ought to take out a notebook. You ought to take out a three by five card. And for one minute, write down the names of people that you feel you could intercede before God. Your husband, your wife, your children, you know, family you love, people you know that aren't saved. If If you don't know who to intercede for, intercede for me, your pastor or whoever. Write down a bunch of names for one minute, and then spend the next 15 minutes interceding before God and praying that God would help those people and forgive those people. And if God needs to do something to wake those people up to do those things, that's intercessory prayer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, look at verse 2. The Bible says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you, notice, in our prayers. There's a connection between prayer and giving thanks to God. And here's what you guys are saying. Giving God thanks shows God, I know this is deep, that we are thankful for what he's done. (laughs) You say, "Well, well, you know, God needs to supply my needs. You know, God is more likely to supply your needs if he feels appreciated for the needs he's already supplied. Oftentimes we want our prayers answered and our prayers answered and our prayers answered. Hey, I appreciate every once in a while when some of you raise your hand and say, I don't have a prayer request, I just have a praise report that my prayer was answered. Because we are to come to God in thanksgiving. We are to give thanks to God for the things that he has done. The Bible says that we should come in supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Giving God thanks shows God that we are thankful for the things that he has done. You're there in 1 Thessalonians 1 two. Go to Colossians chapter number 4. It's right before the 1 Thessalonians. Colossians chapter 4 is the book right before 1 Thessalonians. Look at Colossians chapter 4 and look at verse number 2. Colossians chapter number 4 and look at verse number 2. Colossians 4 2, right before 1 Thessalonians says this continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Do you see the connection between prayer and thanksgiving in the Bible? 1 Timothy 2 1. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. First Thessalonians 1 2. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention for you of you in our prayers. Colossians 4 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with what? Thanksgiving. There's a connection between thanksgiving and prayer. Go to Philippians chapter number 4. Right before Colossians, you got Philippians. Right before Colossians, you got Philippians. Interesting how that all worked out nicely, huh? Philippians chapter 4. Look at verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Let me give you some some thoughts about this idea of thanksgiving. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says this. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. Here, be careful means to don't care. Or do, and the idea is not like, I don't care. But the idea is like, don't stress out. Don't be uh, 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 burdened about things that you need. He says, be careful for nothing. Because here's the great... It's not, it's not the least thing you could do. It's the greatest thing you can do is, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Notice how these words are connected there to kind of define them. But in, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Notice, with... With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Now, the the verses we just saw said that we ought to be thankful when we pray, but here the Bible says, That when we bring our prayer, and when we bring our supplication, we ought to bring our prayer, and we ought to bring our supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Are you following what the Bible says here? When you bring a request to God, bring it with thanksgiving. Have you ever thought about asking God for something, and then thanking God for giving you what you asked for before He's actually done it? So I'm only going to thank God if he does it. The Bible says we ought to give him our request with thanksgiving. There's nothing wrong. And in fact, God likes it when you go to him and you say, God, I'm asking you for this and I'm thanking you in advance for hearing my prayer and for answering according to your will. You say, well, is that really what he's talking about? Remember when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? If you study that passage in the book of John, you will find that Jesus thanked God for raising Lazarus before he raised Lazarus. Why? Why? Because Jesus was the type of man that knew how to get his prayers answered, obviously. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Someone said this. You got to take out a piece of paper. You got to take out a three-by-five card. Say, I just don't know what to pray about. Why don't you, for one minute, write down everything you're thankful for for the last 24 hours. And I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for the church that God gave me. I'm thankful for the fact that I woke up this morning. I'm thankful for whatever you're thankful for. Why don't you do that for one minute? Then spend the next 15 minutes just thanking God for your prayers that he's answered, for the blessings that he's given you. So when we're talking about prayer, we're talking about communicating with God because prayer means to ask, and it's more than just asking. But the different types of prayer, to just use the word that's well known, is number one, the prayer of supplication. Number two, the prayer of intercession. Number three, the prayer of appreciation. Go back to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Look at verse 1. We're done right here. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. I I think I've spoiled you with preaching shorter sermons lately to the point where I can't preach for an hour now. Some of you get upset. I told Pastor Anderson, if you come preach for an hour and a half, you're going to split our church. <laughs> they won't be mad at whatever you say, but they'll, they'll be mad if you take too long. So well, the pizza's going to be here at a certain time and we're going to start eating without you. No. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 2. I'm just kidding. First Timothy chapter 2. Look at verse 1. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. I exhort therefore. That first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. That word exhort means to urge, to recommend. I am, uh, I am exhorting you means I am encouraging you. And I want to just say this. I want to encourage you to spend time in prayer, in communication with God. So I, I don't have much of a prayer time, and I don't have much of a prayer life, and I just don't know. Aren't there things in your lives that you need from God? Aren't, aren't there stuff that you need? I'm not just talking about physical things, but aren't there? it may be a health problem. It, it, whatever it is, isn't there something that you're just saying, God, if, if you would step in, God, if, if you would do this, if God, God, if you, I need you to do this, I can't do it on my own. You, you, are you going to tell me there's nothing in your life that you would just say, man, I, I wish God would do that for me? Because here's the problem. Sometimes we wish God would do something for us, but we ask not, and then we have are you telling me there's no one for you to intercede on behalf of? There's not one parent in this room that should not take the time every day to intercede on behalf of God for your children. I mean, every, every day I try to pray, God, my, you know, I've got children that aren't, aren't even saved. They're not, they don't even understand the gospel, and I'm praying that God would save them, that they would come to the place where they understand the gospel, that they might be saved. I'm praying for their spouses. I'm praying for their future children. I'm asking that God that he would give me wisdom and my wife wisdom to train those kids, to teach those kids, to love those kids, to discipline those kids. To I mean, you don't have someone that you can stand before and intercede on behalf of in your life. You don't have something to be thankful about. There's not something that God has done for you in your life that you can come to God and say, God, I just want to thank you. If you're saved, you got something to thank God for. I mean, can you thank Him for salvation? Can you thank Him for the Bible? Can you thank Him for your family? Here's the thing. It's not that we don't have things to pray for. It's that we don't want to pray. So, I want to exhort you. I want to encourage you to pray. But not only pray, but pray these prayers of supplication and intercession and appreciation Because when God wanted to explain to us how to communicate to him, he gave us these concepts. The prayer of supplication, the prayer of intercession, the prayer of appreciation. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer.